0: hello everybody welcome back to game over ottawa mod here once again with a solo stream this time and (laughs) luckily people luckily i didn't try to book a guest for this one because i'm sure people would not have wanted to come and talk about this game i sure don't because holy crap what a mess that was from the sense we were all sitting around for like a week Waiting for more sense hockey, waiting for it to return finally, and then it it returned, and oh boy, it it was just straight to disappointment once again. So, 5-3 loss to the Islanders here today. That is two losses to the Islanders already this season, considering they have the same number of wins as us uh, at eight. That's not good at all. It's a team that you would hope that we would be able to beat, or at least split, a pair of two games with. Um just the the fact that 25% of the islanders wins are are just from games against the sens that is that is really frustrating so yeah a, a solo stream as i said here today obviously i'll probably be looking at chat a fair bit earlier in the stream too than usual instead of the the chat at the end just because it's nice to have some chat comments to bounce off of without having a a guest or a co-host as well so just oh I I'm like mustering up the effort right now to actually talk about this game I feel like (laughs) I've been really low energy all day kind of under the weather and then this game just made me even more like depressed basically (laughs) just oh super frustrating like (laughs) You expect the Islanders games to always be frustrating because you're not going to get a lot of clean looks, not a lot of great scoring chances. Usually, I'm sure they're still, even though they're not as good of a team this year, I'm sure they're still relatively good at uh, limiting high danger chances. So even though we did get three goals here today, it it really felt like that. I haven't pulled up the classic natural stat trick yet. I should probably do that now. uh, Just because I'm curious as to what those high danger chances end up being. I'm always curious to check those for these Sens games. I know I do it a lot. But it's just because I feel like the Sens take so many shots on goal. Just from far out that are not really that good. And just easy saves for the goalie. So so once again here today. uh, We do outshoot them by six shots. But especially in that third period a lot of those shots was just dumping it in on Varlamov to try to get a face off to you know pull the goalie uh at the end there or just just throwing it on that at any angle because in the first 11 minutes of that third period we only had one shot like what the hell kind of comeback effort is that seriously just so frustrating obviously We all know about this team's defensive issues, and I'll get into that later, but the fact that this team cannot make a a comeback, like, it's it's almost a given that we're gonna give up a lot of goals, but they couldn't muster up anything against a struggling Islanders team who was missing two of their their top defenseman. I guess, uh, I don't know how much ice time Sebastian Aho typically gets, so maybe he's third pairing, maybe he's like the five or six D, but Adam Pellick is pretty much, hmm, well, I was going to say he's their number one D, uh, that would probably go to Dobson, but Pellick is like their number one shutdown guy, so even without him, they were perfectly fine, and just the number of bodies missing, uh, the fact that Aho got injured as well, four guys having to play pretty much the whole game because those injuries happen in the first two minutes, and we, we still got, like, outchanced and outscored, I don't know about the chances yet, maybe, maybe we weren't technically outchanced, I'll have to double check that, but I was just getting distracted here to see what the final ice time was for the Islanders, yeah, the Islanders defenseman, it's basically 30 minutes for damn near every defenseman, Dobson, 31 minutes, Romanov, 30 minutes, I forgot about Alex Romanov after he, uh, after he was traded to the Isles from from the Habs, that's I, I totally forgot that he existed. But he had two assists and plus two today with 30 minutes of ice time. So big stuff from Romanov for the Islanders. Uh, 28 minutes, 47 seconds for Pulak, and then and then Mayfield, 26 minutes as well. So these guys all had to play so much, and we still still couldn't couldn't really ever we couldn't ever swing the momentum of the game. That's the thing. Even if we even if we lost i'm less frustrated that we lost and more frustrated that with those injured d we we never really had any stretches where we were able to just dominate for a little bit there was obviously the quick stretch uh after the islanders two really quick goals where we had we had two goals of our own in about a minute that was nice but then they took a timeout and then it calmed down from there and after that timeout we just we, we only had like a few scoring chances uh few and far between. Yeah, uh Brandon in the chat with the with the ice time for the Isles defenseman as well there. And yeah, he also saying Pelic is a number one D. He definitely is. I was just kind of thinking in terms of ice time. Who technically would get more between Dobson and Pellick. I don't know if they're typically paired together, uh, so maybe it's like pretty even, but Pellick is awesome, man. Like, it it's it sucks that uh <laughs> that with the freaking the Islanders' best defensive defenseman out, they are still still good enough defensively to to stifle the Sens. And and I feel like the Islanders have been worse this year defensively too, in terms of goals against. I don't think they've been performing as well. Like Semyon Varlamov, I know, has really good goalie stats. He was good again here tonight, whereas Ilya Sorokin, his stats have taken a little bit of a dip, so it's not exactly, um, he, it, there's more goals going in, safe to say. I, I guess not when Varlamov is in net. was he, able to, they were able to shut it down in front of him. Brandon also saying Noah Dobson had the most time on ice for an Islander since Andrew McDonald in 2013. I that that's another guy I forgot about. Andrew McDonald. He used he used to be the guy on the Islanders Blue Line for a while, wasn't he? And then he ended up on the Flyers. I think it was like a, a really big contract. They 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 signed him from a rival team and then it ended up ending up being pretty suspect. Uh Raphael also saying DJ got out coached by Lane Lambert, who is also on the hot seat. DJ didn't use a timeout at all. I thought it was very interesting because after the two goals in six seconds, it seemed like a very obvious time for DJ to call a timeout. It almost worked that he didn't, considering we had a good response and got two of those goals back really quickly. But it just not even using the timeout at all at the end of the game was a little weird. I thought they were going to use it before that last power play in the third period. Or, or at some point before pulling the goalie, just I feel like DJ doesn't use timeouts much at all. It's, it's very weird. Um, in terms of him getting out coached by Lambert, that that's it's typical for DJ to be getting out coached this season. So I'm not super surprised. But similar to what I was saying at the beginning about it sucks to lose to the Islanders twice this season when it's a team that you would think we we're at least pretty level with. We both have eight wins. We couldn't even get one of the two games against them. Um. It, it like you said, it is a, another coach on the hot seat, and d j just just gets outclassed by a coach who who the fans for the islanders are also not super happy with him i don 't know exactly how bad it 's been or if management would be looking to move on from from Lambert so soon already, but i remember I do remember hearing. Uh, I think there was a quote from Casey Sizikas that had to do with the fans booing or something, or maybe they were also chanting fire the coach like like some of our fans were here in Ottawa. But yeah, a- another loss twice on the season against another team that's struggling. It-, it sucks because these are the teams that we need to beat. Like, especially we've, we've talked a lot about the upcoming schedule going to be very busy for the Sens for the rest of the season since we've barely played we have barely played any games so far only our 16th game of the season tonight um <laughs> we, you got to beat these teams that are close to you or below you in the standings like they're ahead of us in the standings just because of loser points which is a whole other thing I wish the Sens could get some loser points I'm sure Islanders fans are really frustrated with that poor uh record in overtime and shootouts but I wish the Sens had some overtime and shootout losses, you know, to, to bump us up the standings a little bit. Because the Sens, that's, that's another thing, is the Sens cannot ever pull a comeback and actually just get to OT and get the loser point. I know they had a couple of OT and shootout games in Sweden that they won, but it's never, it's never really coming from behind. The, the game against the Wild was the only game this season that we've come from behind and won in the, when trailing going into the third period it it was a 1-6 and 0 coming into today so now it's 1-7 and 0 when trailing into the into the third period so it's just it's just really frustrating i don't know if it's something about the way this team plays that just like makes it harder to make a comeback maybe like maybe the amount of dump and chase and not having the puck on your stick as much as if we tried to play more of a possession style like maybe that would help with comebacks if we were having the puck on our stick more instead of just constantly dumping it in and playing into the other team's hands, who's just kinda parking the bus on defense. Like I-, I I wonder about that. I wonder if maybe there's a there's something there about the the systems, the offensive systems that we deploy, and why we're never having these comebacks late in games. Cause obviously there's been some games where we've been down by like four goals going to the third, and you can't you can't get too mad about that in terms of not coming back although they came close in that that buffalo game when they were down by 4 they made that a one goal game which was crazy but still can't completely come back and then we're we're constantly constantly down by one in the third and and we never we never pull anything off which just super super frustrating to me as a fan um i i mentioned it's probably been like 5 minutes now but i mentioned that i wanted to check the high danger sc- scoring chances sorry and of course, of course, the Islanders did outchance us. Yes, fourteen to ten for the Islanders in terms of high danger. That that is not surprising at all. And strangely, the uh, most of the Sen's high danger chances came in the second period, which is kind of funny because we had that semi-collapse in that period. But it was the most chaotic period; most scoring chances going either way. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But Of course, zero high danger chances in the third period. I didn't even need to, like, actually look at the stat. Like, it confirmed it, but in my mind I was pretty sure that there was no high danger chances in that third period whatsoever. Just ugly, ugly dump and chase. Getting absolutely nothing going. Not getting any shots on net until the last, like, nine minutes. And half of them was just shooting it from from the boards right at Varlamov. For easy saves, just sort of a the situation of we oh we haven't had a shot in a while let's just throw it on net hopefully we get lucky we didn't we we I feel like we rely too much on luck and bounces because we've had so many games lately where they're pretty even like the Vancouver game pretty even but all the bounces went Vancouver's way and then we say oh we were good but the bounces oh no and then Detroit again. We had good stretches. Detroit had good stretches. Kind of even overall. The bounces went our way that time. Although there, there were a couple lucky bounces for Detroit, but it, it evened out in the end. Went our way in the end. And similar in the Minnesota game. Bounces pretty even, and we're able to make it. And then we're right back to another game here where it's very even. And then there, I feel like DJ is just going to blame bounces in the in the post game interview again. But the only, the only one, the only goal against that I can really blame on bounces is that last one cuz obviously it was incredibly lucky just a uh, complete pinball play but I, it's it's so frustrating just we're we're close we're constantly close to teams we're not getting blown out as much we were getting blown out uh like heading into the third period or after the first period a couple a few times in the first couple weeks but lately it's a lot of close games and but this team just doesn't have the killer instinct or The ability to just take over a game and actually have stretches where you dominate, like, it's so frustrating. And again, the Islanders, I think it was, they blocked 30 shots or something tonight. I think I saw Murray Pam tweet that, which is very impressive, but it's like, what are we doing to actually try to counter their defensive system? Not much. It felt like we were just kind of playing into their hands of it. Um, I will say in terms of the dump and chase... The two goals that we got in the second period for Stutzla and Batherson's second goal of the game, they were dump and chase and they were very good for-checking plays from Joseph and from Giroux. That huge hit to create a turnover. Uh, unlucky that the puck didn't just like bounce off of his skate during that hit or something so he could get an assist, because it is uh he he didn't get on the score sheet tonight, Giroux, but that that was a huge play uh, to change momentum and cause that turnover there. So we got some offense out of the dump and chase strategy today, but it was just... After that, they're they, they just able to lock it down. So I feel like we have to be able to switch it up at some point during a game. Obviously, you have the main systems that you play um, consistently and that you want to fall back on. But at a certain point, I feel like... When you're obviously generating nothing, like we, we were in the third period with only one shot in 11 minutes, I feel like there needs to be some type of strategy switch up, which we never see. It's just, it's like the definition of an insanity, doing the same thing over and over again. Or it's like banging your head against a brick wall. I I don't know. I don't know what to what to think in other than we need something different in coaching. And it really sucks because... DJ got those wins in Sweden. We won three of the last four, or was it four of the last five, even? It was something like that. So, yeah, because you know what? I'm forgetting that Calgary game uh, was that stretch in there that I didn't mention earlier. That was another game where it was pretty even, but we got the bounces in that one. We're never, we're never out playing teams. Like, all these games are so close, uh, and it just, the bounces go one way or the other. To me, that shows that we're not playing good enough because the last six games or so, the only game that we really were obviously better than the opponent i think was the toronto game and even then it was just a bit of a calamity by toronto in the third period where like they have those moments you know it's it was a very toronto maple leaf moment and we were good to capitalize off of it but it wasn't like ugh, it, i feel like this team just doesn't play well enough 90 percent of the time even though like whether we win or lose these games are never it never feels like like when we lose it never feels like damn we really should have won that game it's always just like oh of course we didn't win like it's totally reasonable why we didn't win because we weren't good enough we're never good enough and it's it is just so frustrating at this point it's not the end of the world because we're still eight and eight still 500 but as i said earlier we're going to be playing a lot more difficult teams coming up that road trip, the Western road trip coming up in December, facing Dallas, facing Vegas, those have the potential to get ugly. There is also Arizona and St. Louis in there who are a little bit easier, but when you can't even look like the better team against the New York Islanders twice this season, it's happened twice, it is it is just absolutely depressing right now. Like, <laughs> I... I made a bunch of notes about how the first period and the second period went and I haven't even looked at them since I've started this show. I didn't think, I didn't think I would be able to just go stream of consci- consciousness just ranting like this for so long, but it's just so frustrating. It's like, I don't even, I don't even know if I want to go to my notes at this point to like try to micro analyze certain plays and stuff. It's, it's like, does it even matter because our systems suck, our defense sucks. Our offense has skill, it has talent, but it it never has sustained pressure because of the play style that the coach wants them to play. And so if we we will get a few goal, good goals off of individual efforts, you know, Stutzel was awesome tonight. Joseph was probably my MVP for tonight. Obviously, Bathurston with the two goals, but Joseph was flying every shift, two assists and great forechecking, even when even when on plays where he didn't get points. He was very noticeable just with his own entries and stuff like that. So a, a few individual offensive performances that are nice, but otherwise, like, god damn, it is, it is depressing. I think that's like the fifth time I've said that word today because it's just... I guess I need a thesaurus. I need to come up with some different descriptors. I'm going to quickly type depressing into thesaurus.com and broaden my vocabulary a little bit because I think I'm going to need to be saying similar words here for a while now. Um going to have a peek at the chat. Brandon again saying the Sens have good enough have a good enough team to make the playoffs, but something is not clicking. I feel like it's been that way for the past three seasons. Yeah, you're pretty much right. Like, Three seasons ago, it was tough because our defense on paper, like the players, not necessarily the system, the players were much worse. Um, and we didn't we didn't have great goaltending. I think we still had Matt Murray at that point, Murray and Forsberg. And then the whole team got COVID that season. So that season was just kind of a write-off. We were confident going in, but um, it wasn't a huge deal that we missed the playoffs that year. Last year, obviously very up and down, as you said, that team last year did have the talent to make the playoffs but just didn't have the have the results the execution they definitely not really the potential to do it so it's it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be another it's going to be a repeat of last year it just it just feels like i just hope that we never fall as far below 500 as we did last season i hope that we can stay afloat a little while longer but god uh, adam in the chat also saying seems like the play isn't matching the talent level and that seems like a coaching thing I think you're 100% right. That's that's essentially what I've been getting at here is lots of great individual performances will shine through and get this team some goals. Or occasionally like defensive plays from guys like Sanderson. Uh, Josh Norris broke up a, a two-on-one defensively tonight. That was an awesome, awesome back check. If I actually went through all my detailed notes like I was planning to, I would have. I was going to say Norris I thought was pretty good in the first period, first half of the game or so. Um, so some good like good defensive plays happen occasionally from the talent on this team and same with the offense, but the systems in general, like when we are set up in the offensive zone or trying to set up in the offensive zone, it's rarely sustained pressure. And when we're in the defensive zone, it's just, it's just constantly taking a long ass time to get the puck out or, and turning it over constantly. So you're 100% right, Adam, that we we have these skilled players, but for whatever reason, all the pieces aren't coming together properly. And it really sucks, and I think it has a lot to do with coaching and strategies, for sure. Um, Newbie saying, I get maybe not wanting to cause more chaos, given what the organization's been dealing with this season, but come on, something's got to give. It Yeah, like, it's just such frustration in the fan base, again, so quickly into the season. We've only played 16 games, and the thing is, in 16 games, 8 wins, how many of those 8 wins even, do we really feel like we were the way better team? Most of those wins, like, a couple of them in the beginning of the season, like, against the Flyers, we dominated them, against Tampa, we dominated them, and, and the Capitals. But the, the, the last few wins, it's just been kind of like, oh, yay, we won. But holy crap, that sucked to watch. And it was really frustrating. Um, and then again, the eight losses. It's very rare for me to say that uh, we just, oh, we should have won. Oh, we played good enough to win. It's always just, it's when we lose, I'm just like, yeah, we deserved that because we sucked. It's, oh, God. So you're right that it kind of makes sense for the organization to not want to stir things up again because they've been making too many headlines. So players suspended, the GM being fired, uh, and then you add the coach being fired to it as well. It's It would be a lot, and I get that Steos was talking about wanting to limit the noise from the outside, and it was like just too much outside stuff kind of being a distraction for players. And especially firing the coach that they all like they all like dj as a human being by all accounts he's a great guy but at a certain point the results aren't there and i'm worried that this team is going to just have another stretch like they did last season with that seven game losing streak in november obviously november hasn't been as bad this year but because of the uh very broken up schedule i feel like a skid like that is just going to happen in december it's just going to be booted a little bit farther like we've stayed afloat for now been lucky enough to be able to be 500 at this point but like i said when we get to that western road trip in december uh i feel like things could get pretty sketchy it's it's gonna be a lot of games in a lot of in in a very short amount of time and the way that this team is playing i really don't see how they can they can keep keep their heads above water it it just doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like it's gonna happen um Adam also saying, bring in Jay Woodcroft go on a huge win streak. <laughs> Everyone outside of Edmonton is happy. I mean, it seems like Jay Woodcroft was not the problem in Edmonton. <laughs> like they had a big win today, but their the previous three games on their on their southern like Florida and Carolina road trip. Those were horrendous. So it it feels like Jay Woodcroft was not the problem there. I, I don't know if the if the Oilers are really going to turn it around too much. Like they they might have been they might be so bad at this point that it's going to be too hard to make the playoffs. Up. So like I would totally be open to Woodcroft. He was able to take an Oilers team that had very good offense, subpar defense on paper, and pretty much average goaltending. He had Mike Smith. Jack Campbell and uh, and Stuart Skinner as his goalies for his tenure so he was able to take that team and obviously he has the two of the best players in the world but he was able to take that team and get them playing at least good enough defense and keeping out enough goals that they could win games and actually like play to their offensive strengths even if they're winning games like five three six five constantly they're winning games so like <laughs> you could bring Jay Woodcroft in here and if he can do that with the Sens, get get them uh, executing better on offense and actually like playing towards the skill of our forwards. And maybe like, obviously he he's probably not going to make us an amazing defensive team or make our goalies look super good with some crazy defensive system. Uh, maybe he can figure out a way to win games, win some high scoring games. That's That's what's so frustrating is this team sucks defensively and they score, but they don't score enough to actually win some high scoring games. So, and I feel like we have that talent on paper up front where our guys are going to still be putting up like 70, 80 points, our top guys, 70, 80, 60 points. It's not like we're, we're lacking for goals, but it's just, it's just not enough in the way that our games play out in terms of we're never dominating. It's always back and forth or just getting dominated ourselves. And, not getting very many high danger chances and just shooting the puck on on net to pad our our stats. And it's like, oh, hey, we outshot the other team. But, mm, man, as as I'm looking at this uh, box score, I I still have it open here. The Sens lost a shot after the game was ended. They removed a shot from the Sens. So down from 32 to 31 shots, they actually took away a shot, which I think is very funny because we, we had some like absolute muffins just going in on Varlamov to try to, to try to make it look like we had something going in the third period, and one of those 32 shots was not even a shot, it has now been taken away, so that, the offensive push in the third period, even worse now that we know that they had one less shot than, than we thought they did, um, god damn, I am, (laughs) I am so, so annoyed with this result here today, um, Newbie saying we have so many games on hand compared to some others in the atlantic and you're worried that they're all going to get squandered i agree that's why like i i open up by saying it really sucks to lose to the islanders twice because they are a beatable opponent i think we're pretty like even with them in terms of quality of roster and stuff like that like i do think the islanders are pretty good and they should also be better than their record has been so far this season but it's a team that is similarly struggling so the fact that you couldn't even split two games with them is pathetic and these games in hand we need to be beating the other teams that are struggling we have seattle and columbus coming up who I'm going to double check the standings pretty quickly, but I think they both have less wins than us. So, okay, Seattle has the same number of wins as us, very similar record to the Islanders with a lot of overtime losses. And then obviously Columbus has less wins than us, but if they beat us, they're going to be fucking catching up to us, especially with uh, four overtime losses, and we can never get any loser points, never coming back in games to, to push to OT. So a couple more really beatable teams coming up. These are I don't know necessarily if those will count as the games in hand uh because we don't have a lot of back to backs for a while we have one coming up but then the, there isn't any more for the rest of December so we might still kind of be floating at less games played than everyone else but I this is the thing you need to beat these teams that are close to you in the standings it's it sucks and I feel like this was a big problem last year too uh where where we were losing to bottom feeders like two losses to Chicago last year uh, a loss to San Jose that I remember doing. Uh, <laughs> remember having to stay up till like two a.m. to do that show. Uh, so I'm very scared for the Western road trips coming up. Um, if, if we if we lose to the fucking Sharks again this year, like holy crap! Just this team doesn't doesn't beat the teams that it should beat. Occasionally we'll get the funny win against the Leafs, but <laughs> other than that, it, it's rough. Like. God uh, Brandon also saying Jay Woodcroft is ours wants him on the island I, I it's he he has to get a job soon I'm sure like there there's a few teams that are really struggling that look like they're probably gonna be in the in the coaching change discussion here soon so I'm sure Jay Woodcroft uh, is gonna get a job soon but Hey, the Islanders, man, they win today. They beat the Sens twice, so you can hold on to Lane Lambert, I guess. I guess he he is going to stay around a little bit longer. Maybe he, he gained some goodwill uh, with the organization. Maybe Lou is going to keep him. Um, the Islanders, I guess 8-6-5 and five now, just double-checking the standings. Ah, those fucking overtime losses. I'm so jealous of those points. Just to just to make it look like we're still we're still competitive. And yeah, their third straight win. Yeah, oh boy. We like the Sens, it's so tough because the Sens were on a good run of four wins in five games, but as I said, we don't we never dominate, so when we win it's like, yay, that could have gone either way, and then we lose, it's like, oh yeah we didn't deserve to win so even though there was a bit of positivity and a bit of a good stretch there i i just feel like i can't i can't be too positive when after a week of no games we come out and we just totally blow it again like i i feel like i should touch on some some individual performances before i go here like anton forsberg I was really rooting for him to have a good game here tonight because he was solid against Minnesota. I didn't want to see him have another ugly, like, five goals against game. It, even if we lost, it, it sucks that this freaking... The the defense did him no, no favors here tonight. I think the only one that I would really want to save on was uh, the Anders Lee goal defensive breakdown, of course, but that's one that I would have liked him to have. The Barzell goal, it was pathetic defense where uh our, our defenders were just kind of flopping around desperately trying to get to Barzell as, as we were all they were all too over aggressive playing the puck, and then Barzell just had a free shot basically. Um it was a mess. So like maybe he could have saved that one, but you can't give a guy like Barzell a look like that. He's just gonna he's gonna snipe it. Um the Wallstrom goal good deflection. I think that was one that went down like towards his, his five hole. Those ones are always hard to save. I don't really blame him on that one. That was another goal where two guys were just wide open in front of the net. Uh, wallstrom able to get that tip and there was another guy buzzing around the net too that wasn't even covered either so if it didn't go in maybe he probably would have gotten the rebound uh and then the paul mary goal i don't know why i'm doing this in reverse order i was just going uh bottom to top in the box score but then the paul mary goal as well back in the first period not his fault off right off the face off defense doesn't know what the hell it's doing and as i said two guys alone in front of the net again that happened twice here today so I feel really bad for Forsberg. You would have liked some saves on a couple of those goals, and then the the fifth goal, which I didn't even mention, was just, just bad luck, crazy bounce. So, eight oh eight save percentage though, it's not good enough. It's not good enough, is it? Like the two, the first two goals, sure, horrible defense, and then the last goal, lucky bounce. I'll give you the three. That that were that he didn't have much of a chance on, but I guess the Barzal goal and the legal, we just need saves there. Though the, those are backbreaking goals, especially the legal six seconds after. That's when you need your goalie to bail you out on a when when things are when, when we're we're, we're kind of reeling and it looks like it's a it's an avalanche, everything's going downhill. You need your goalie to to keep you in the game there, and that one was just a backbreaker. So. Not great from Forsberg. Hopefully, Corpusallo is back Monday. Um, <laughs> trying to remember if there's any other players that I specifically wanted to touch on because this was this was just a lot of <laughs> just a lot of problems from everyone tonight, and just only a few good performances. Like I already talked about, the forwards who were good defense they were just kind of all bad. <laughs> no, none of them even chipped in with any points tonight either. So. Just just rough all around. I guess, you know what, the last thing I'll talk about is um, at the first intermission, they were saying when Shabbat comes back from, from LTIR, we are going to need to clear a bit of cap room because originally at the beginning of the season, we were playing a player short because of having no cap room. We are going to need... Um, we're going to need to either <laughs> either just run with a player short or or have no scratches again or like we're we're gonna have to trade someone so they were saying like there could be trade interest in batherson which obviously he was great tonight if if that is something that steve stales would be considering maybe he raised his value here today um batherson obviously was good here today but i'm not very attached to him for obvious reasons so if he were to get traded that i wouldn't care but also but also just from like an asset and management perspective I don't think that's the type of player that you want to trade to clear cap room you would you would want to get good assets back for him because uh pending the completion of an investigation uh he should have good trade value but obviously we don't know if if the investigation does end up <laughs> if the information comes out from that and it does end up being a certain way he could lose all that trade value so maybe we can maybe we should get rid of him before that happens but also i wonder if if the info if the names from from 2018 are ever even really going to be released at this point yeah it's it's it it just always gets delayed and delayed so it's it's sketchy i but i maybe i I will say that maybe if there's a lot of teams interested in batherson maybe they think that he maybe teams know who the names are in secret, and maybe he's not one of them. So maybe because who's going to trade for him if if he's about to get uh, getting released and or or like punished or suspended or anything like that. So that's one thing. I don't really think Batherson is going to get traded anytime soon, though. It seems like the more realistic option is Kubalik, which makes sense. He hasn't been very good. Like maybe he'll be able to hit 20 goals on the season, but not providing any any playmaking ability ability at all with only one assist so far. He did have 25 assists last season, so he has some of that there, but it's just it's just not here. It's just not showing in Ottawa. Maybe maybe it's a systems thing. I've been talking like crazy about the system. Maybe he's not great for for a dump and chase system, which which is understandable with offensive players. Um, so I don't think anyone would really really miss him too much if we traded him. You could probably get a decent draft pick for him, maybe like a third round pick or something. So I think I think if if it it was if the two decisions is either to keep Kubelik or and and have like no scratches on the roster and be like constantly right up against the cap and maybe having someone injured um, and then having to play a player short, or just trade Kubalik and be able to actually carry scratches on your roster. I think I would just I would just move him on, especially because uh, towards the end of January we'll be able to get Shane Pinto back and really Greg, hopefully coming back from injury within the next few weeks should help quite a bit. So like those two guys combined should be able to replace Kubalik's offense, even his best case scenario offensive output from last season of like 20 goals, 20 assists or so. It just Ridley Gregg and Shane Pinto in the lineup for a combined lesser cap hit than Kubelik should be able to match that production. Obviously, it'll be later in the season uh, with less games played, but point paces and stuff, right? They should be able to have a similar impact. And maybe maybe there are a couple of guys who can be better defensively. We know that Ridley Gregg has had uh, awesome advanced metrics so far this season. So I I would be perfectly perfectly fine with Kubelik being moved. And, and just being able to actually have a bit more roster flexibility and not being totally stuck up against the cap. So I, and you know, it, we, and we might have a, a move relatively soon too, because they were saying that uh, Shabbat is looking at the, I think it's the December 1st game against Columbus to return. So he'll miss one more game because we only have one more game in the next six days with this God awful schedule. Like we're back from Sweden. Can we get the games going already? We've been we've been waiting so long. And it's it's only two games before before next week. Like yeah, like a Friday game, a Monday game, and then a Friday game again. It's not enough. It it sucks. Like we have the super condensed schedule late in the season, but they could have they could have spread it out a little bit better where we don't have such a long gap before and after Sweden twice. It's like two long gaps after Sweden. You only need one, right? Like, god damn. So anyway, point being that we're probably going to see a roster move pretty soon. Maybe it's just a temporary thing like uh, Kastelik or Greg going to the retroactive LTIR to kind of delay needing to make a move. But Kubelik really hasn't made that much of an impression. So like he had a good game against Toronto, but that was about it really. The two goals in that game. Other than that, he's just been too quiet. So if anyone's looking for a scoring winger, I would just, I would move him for whatever draft pick you can get at this point, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, I'll, Charlie is going to be doing the next couple shows, so I'll be off for a bit, maybe we will get that type of roster move, uh, before the next time I'm back, and I'll be able to, to comment on a, on a trade, potentially, we, we don't know, though, we don't know, um, yeah, as as David was saying in the chat, one more note on that. He was saying that the Sen's cap space, according to Cap Friendly, is just under twelve thousand and nine hundred U.S. dollars. So yeah, it would be best to just move a player out for a little bit of flexibility at this point. It's not. Oh God, it is. It's not good. It's it's not good. Uh, Raphael saying we are way too smart for the NHL schedule. It seems like a lot of people are are way too smart for the NHL in, in many ways for for many different decisions that they make as well. I know uh, I saw a comment as well. <laughs> Newbie saying the NHL is too busy banning goalie masks. Um, so they, they don't have time to focus on anything good, like making a proper schedule, uh, for the Sens. So the, yeah, the goalie masks is a whole nother thing too. Like I, I, I'm ready to about wrap it up here, but I could rant for, for a long time about the whole freedom of speech and expression for the players. Like, okay, we're going to ban everything because because we want to protect a a few homophobes so then you also can't have anything else that has nothing to do with lgbt you can't have any of that on your gear in warm-up or anything it's just it's just so stupid everyone's been obviously talking about it on twitter all day um very stupid i'm glad that flurry i believe is actually wearing the mask uh that he had made to honor his wife and her uh, native heritage. I believe he's wearing that mask today. At least he wore it in warm-ups. I saw that. I don't know if he's wearing it in the game. So at least the NHL is backing down a little bit in terms of actually fining people for breaking this rule. It seems like it's barely even actually a real rule at this point though, because you can just call their bluff and then they won't fine you. They First they said they were going to fine Flurry, Then he said, screw you. So then they said they're going to fine the team. And then the Wild said, screw you. So now they're just not doing anything and letting him wear the mask. So why do you even have the rule at that point? It's just so stupid so stupid again i could go on and on about this forever but i i think i gotta i gotta wrap it up here soon um yeah game over ottawa is gonna be back on monday for charlie covering the game against the florida panthers another stupid long break but then after that we will be back for friday i think charlie's covering that game against columbus as well Saturday, I, I will be back finally. I, I'll have another week off in between shows. I've done three shows in a week, but the okay, but the last game before Sweden, oh god, the last game before Sweden was November 11th, and I've done the last three shows in a row, but by the time I do my fourth show in a row, that's going to be four weeks. From November 11th to the 18th to the 25th to the 2nd is, is four full weeks, to do four full shows, so uh, it's gonna be a while till you see me again, another week off, but damn, it's gonna be weird going from this to suddenly doing a show, like, every second night, because, wow, it it has been kind of easy on me so far this season in terms of the amount of shows I've had to do, like, me and Charlie are still, still have it split up pretty evenly in terms of how we've divided it, but I've got these long-ass gaps in the schedule, just, just, just like the Sens, following the Sens schedule. So it'll be a while till you see me again, but hopefully you enjoyed watching or listening to my insane rants about the Sens here tonight. Uh, subscribe to SDBN if you are not subscribed already. I'm just checking our subscriber count because I want to see us get to 100K subscribers. We are getting closer and closer, just under 5,000 more subscribers to go. So help us get to 100K. Leave a like on the stream if you enjoyed. And if you are listening or watching after the fact, share the show if you enjoyed as well. We've got, uh, of course, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music, all the podcast places where uh, you can find us. So yeah, that'll be it for tonight. Thank you everyone so much. Have a good night.